to you about crowns. The word crown is translated from the Greek, which speaks of a prize for a job well done. A job well done. In today's culture, we see crowns used as a way of expressing uh, for a job well done in other ways, in job promotions, in written acknowledgments, and of course, monetary gifts. However, we know that these are good, but we see in the, in the ancient times, in the Greek Olympics, crowns were flowery wreaths uh, worn on the heads of winners. The Bible explains that the child of God who wins their race, their life race, will receive crowns from God at the judgment of seat of Christ. And I hope everybody's ready and willing to, to receive their crowns when they see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. The Bible speaks of five crowns available to the child of God. They are number one, the incorruptible crown. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, given to those individuals who demonstrate self-denial to win life's race. In Matthew 16, the child of God is told to deny self, pick up his cross, and follow the Lord. The second crown is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It is called the crown of righteousness. It's promised to those who love and anticipate the second coming of Christ. Now, saints, I just want you to understand, this crown is not given to just for gazing into the heavens, waiting for Christ's return. That was one of the problems that we saw in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where we saw that the, that the men and women of Galilee was looking up as Christ ascended into heaven, into the heavens, and the angels were there and said, look, don't gaze in the heaven like that because Christ is going to come back. Instead, we are supposed to show the love of his return by using the power of the Holy Spirit to serve Christ before he comes. And that's found in, in Acts chapter 1-8. Then we have the crown of glory, and it's granted to Christian clergy who shepherds the flock in unselfish love. That's found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. That is, clergy giving of themselves totally for God's sheep, always looking to guide and direct their flock in the right direction, especially when the flock refuses. Fourth, there's the crown of exhortation found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. And it's given to those who engages in evangelism, those that share their faith consistently in both words and deeds. And then lastly, the crown of life, which we read in James chapter 1, verse 2, and Revelations chapter 2, 10. Each of the five crowns mentioned represents a reward for some particular special act or service or perseverance within the kingdom of God. Each of the five crowns deserve its own study. However, today, and I know you want me to be short because of the picnic afterwards, but as the Lord will give me guidance and leads on it, we will talk about the crown of life, the crown of life. And I like if we can just look at that as we see in the scriptures, and it's found in Make sure I have this on first. There we go. 
James chapter 1, verse 12, and second, and Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. I wonder if you can stand with me as we read, as the word of God is being read. And that the app will open up so I can read it too. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 12, and I'm reading from God's word translation. Blessed are those who endure when they are tested. When they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, don't be afraid of what you're going to suffer. The devil is going to throw some of you into prison so that ye may be tested. Your suffering will go on for 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word, and I pray that it's been edifying to your hearts. You may be seated. To understand this crown, recorded in the books of James and Revelation, I'd like to use the following outline, and the outline is follows. The crown of life is not eternal life. The crown of life is not eternal life. The crown of life given to those who persevere under trials. Two, the crown of, uh, three, that is, the crown of life given to those tested because of their relationship with Jesus Christ and the faith. And lastly, the crown of life given, gives encouragement to endure to the end. Let us pray. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we definitely ask for your help as we attempt to, as I attempt to share this good news to your people. Lord, Father, I know that I don't have the ability within myself to do so, but only through your spirit. So I pray that your spirit will use me as it seems fit to, pro to produce this word to your people so change can take place. Change for the individual who knows you as their Savior so that they can be encouraged, they'll be able to have information for them to continue on in the race that they're traveling and they're running. And for those that do not know you as Savior, so they may know you and they can enjoy the salvation that many of us are enjoying today. Again, Father, we thank you and praise you for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Salvation is an act and not by our own doing. The crown of life is not eternal life. If you understand that the crown of life is something that, unfortunately, some churches misrepresent or do not teach correctly. And that's because they don't take the time to study God's word. But we know that salvation is a free gift to anyone who accepts Jesus as their Savior. Salvation cannot be earned or kept by works. As I said, salvation is the act of God and not our own doings. For we see that salvation is in the work of Jesus Christ and Christ only. In Acts chapter 4, 12, it tells us, no one else can save us. Indeed, we can be saved only by the power of the one named Jesus, and not by any other persons. You have to understand that the sin of Adam caused all of us to become sinful or dirty in the eyes of the Lord. 
being dirty, one cannot have a true relationship with God. We do not have the power to clean our own selves up. Only Jesus, the pure and holy one, took upon himself our dirt to make us clean and acceptable to God. You see, one cannot clean or a dirty counter with a dirty, dirty rag. Christ was that clean rag that was able to lift the dirt out of our lives so we can now be presented to the Father as clean. And I think all of us who have cleaned our houses know that to be true, that we cannot take a dirty cloth to clean something off of a dirty surface. It's going to stay dirty. But taking a clean cloth, that dirt will now come and attach itself to that cloth to be taken away. And that's what Jesus did. Being that holy and clean one took our dirt wiped it away so we could stand in holiness as being clean unto the Father. And we praise him for it. We praise him for that. Matthew records in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, these words. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, he saves, because he will save his people from their sins. The angel of the Lord told Joseph the purpose for the use of his pregnant fiancée. You have to understand, Joseph was not responsible for Mary being pregnant. The angel of the Lord exclaimed that the child she is carrying will save God's people from their sins. What a wonderful gift given and a wonderful gift to receive. To have, the ones, to have one's sins completely forgiven because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. You see, the Bible is very clear in this fact that only Jesus saves. Our works are filthy rags. They don't mean anything. So with that in mind, endure to the end and you will receive a crown of life. The crown of life given to those who perseveres under trouble. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, it reads, do not be afraid of what you are going to suffer. The devil is going to throw some of you into prison so that ye may be tested. Your suffering will go on for 10 days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Jesus encourages this crown, this crown on the church in Samaria. He wanted the church to not to be afraid of what they're about to suffer. He tells them to be faithful even to the point of death. For their faith or act of God will prevail. Jesus promised to give the gift of this crown of life. In the magazine Christianity Today published an article. You'll have to forgive me. This glare on my laptop is causing me trouble. So we go to plan B. Amen, amen, amen. Plan B, praise the Lord. Okay. The magazine Christianity Today published an, an, an article entitled Modern Christians Persecuted from 1901 to 2000. 
it lists a number of followers of Christ who died because of the cause of Christ. Let me mention a few facts. It is estimated between 1901 and 2000, over 26 million died for Christ. 26 million. 1.3 million Christians died in the African nation of Sudan. In Turkey, between the years 1905 and 1918, 2 million were killed. During the reign of Uganda's strongman, Idi Amin, over 500,000 people were killed. 300,000 of them were recorded believers in Christ. Now, I know we in, living in the United States are not confronted with death because of faith in Christ. However, afflictions, sufferings, temptations, Testings, persecution, sickness, etc., can make one lose faith, which some consider death. As in the Smyrna church is encouraged not to lose faith, the child of God must likewise and continue shouting, praising, and serving the Lord until death. I truly believe that the hymn writer was thinking of that when he wrote the refrain for the hymn, I'm on the battlefield for the Lord. For he writes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, for my Lord. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promised the Lord that I would serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Child of God, you are on the battlefield and must realize that this life is not your own. You must stand up against those things that want to stop you from preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. You got to continue to battle on those foes that wants to stop you from worshiping in spirit and in truth. You got to continue fighting those that would want to stop you from loving the loving and the unloving. And you also have to continue to fight on that battlefield against those that want to stop you from living right. There are so many things that can confront the child of God to encourage them not to serve the Lord. But we need to persevere and serve the Lord. If you are experiencing temptations, suffering, trials, testing, or persecutions, be encouraged and persevere. Just as a runner perseveres through the difficulties of a race so that they may reach the finish line and receive the reward, Jesus is waiting at the finishing line to put the crown of life upon your head as a faithful Christ follower. By offering this crown, Jesus is encouraging us to stand, to stay strong, keeping the faith, keeping the course, remaining faithful. So what you should do? Endure to the end, and you will receive the crown of life. The crown of life given to those tested because of their relationship with Jesus and the faith. In 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, it reads, Dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery troubles that are coming in order to test you. 
Don't feel as though something strange is happening to you, but be happy as you share Christ's suffering. Then you will also be full of joy when he appears again in his glory. This third point, I believe, is the reason why hard times come into the life of the believer in Christ. In the verses, the apostle Peter explains that temptation, suffering, trials, and persecution comes because of one's relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the faith. Notice the emphasis that Peter puts upon the, in the statement in verse 12. Do not think it is surprised or strange in the King James that fiery trials which is going to test you. Don't you think it is strange? It's a strange thing? The child of God would like to escape problems, but problems will always come knocking at your door. You can't escape it. If you are a child of God, partakers of his salvation, you will be partakers of his suffering. So what should you do? Be happy as you share his sufferings. For in verse 13, it tells us, for you are identified with Christ, the world will hate him. Why not you? An example is found in a story I found of a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Roland Taylor. Dr. Taylor was a, a little-known 16th century pastor. He pastored in a small town in England where the gospel of Christ had great success because of his ministry and the rule of the Protestant king, Edward VI. When Edward died, his half-sister that we all know as Bloody Mary, a Roman Catholic, came into power. She started a reign of terror on the Protestant churches and Dr. Taylor. When Dr. Taylor refused to denounce Protestantism and Christ and embrace Catholicism, he was imprisoned for seven days. At the end of the seventh day, he saw his wife and two daughters for the last time, taken to a place of execution and burned at the stake. Burned at the stake. As Dr. Taylor, followers of Christ must stand firm in the faith, despite unjust criticisms and threats of death. Endure to the end, and you will receive a crown of life. The crown of life gives encouragement to endure to the end. In James chapter 1, verse 12, it reads, Blessed are those who endure when they are tested. When they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. The key word in this text is the word endure. It comes from the Greek meaning to abide or sleep, to abide or sleep. To endure, one must turn over and rest and not dwell upon the things that they're going through. In the song, Jesus Can Work It Out, explains it, for it says, I gave it over to Jesus and stopped worrying about it. I gave it over to the Lord and he worked it out. It should encourage your heart. You are taking trouble off your mind and turning it over to the Lord. Now, the results may not be what you expect, 
You know, you might say, well, I got this trouble. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to be able to do this and that and the other thing. And, but, Lord, you're turning me and putting me in another situation. But the bottom line is that you will have victory. Though it may not be what you want or what you may expect, you are, God is still getting the victory and glory from it. You're getting it, too. I like to say that whatever God does is for his glory and for our benefit. And it's true. Whatever he gets is for his glory. He ravishes in it. He enjoys it. But we do share in it. You know, if, yes, it may not be what you want, but praise God. It's God telling you what you need. So accept it and be glad. You have the victory. Just chill. God got this. Chill. Now, I know it's hard for us at times to chill, and we worry about our bills. We worry about our children. We worry about our mates. We worry about our health. We worry about our jobs. But some, we need to chill and let God handle it. Don't you know that God can do a better job than we can? Isn't that what he told Job? Who created heaven and earth? Did you? If I gave you the responsibility... A dog might have been a cat, or there might not be any stars in the skies. But I did it, and I did a good job, don't you think? So if we know what he's done in creation, why not we do the same thing concerning our own lives? The fact that he got it. Just, just chill and enjoy what God is doing. Yes, it may not be what you think it should be, but... It's going to be the best. Let's look at a couple examples of this from the Bible. Let's look at first David. David trusted in the Lord. You see, King Saul was out there to take him out because the people loved David more than he did. And this really bothered Saul. And he went out looking for David, ready to kill him. But, you know, David had a number of opportunities to kill Saul, didn't he? But he didn't. He said, I am going to, Lord, I'm going to let you handle it because you have more power than I do. I can trust in you and you will deliver. You will deliver. You know, it's amazing how many will trust the Lord for salvation, but not for the day-to-day -day issues of life. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. For God has promised to be with his children as they go through. As David wrote in Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the dark valley of death, because you are with me, I fear no harm, for your rod and your staff gives me courage. Or other words, it gives me protection. I know that I'm safe in your arms because you are always there. It's one thing if we serve a God that's only there on holidays and weekends or only on, on vacation days. You know, sometimes that's how we treat the Lord. You know, we'll, we'll come and visit him on Sundays, but then we do our own thing Monday to Saturday. But praise God, he's not like that. He's always there, always ready to help, always there to be there when you need him. So I say that, yes, the Lord will be with you. Endure to the end, and you'll receive a crown of life. Then let's look at Paul. In 2 Corinthians 11, we read many temptations and trials that the Apostle Paul went through. But he endured them all because he knew 
there was a way out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us, There isn't any temptation that you have experienced which is unusual for humans. God, who faithfully keeps his promises, will not allow you to be tempted beyond your power to resist. But when you are tempted, he will give you the ability to endure the temptation as your way of escape, as your way of escape. A Bible college professor told me one time, or shared his thoughts about this text. He said that this verse is telling us that the front door is always open. That means if you're tempted, the front door is open for you to walk through. But for whatever reason it may be, if the front door is not available to you, the back door is open. And I like to add that the window's open too. So there's no excuse when a temptation or problem besets you, there is a way of escape. You don't have to sit there and waddle in it. Although there seem that there's some that do that like to wallow in their problems, but you don't have to. For Christ has done so much for us that he saves, he keeps, he strengthens, he does more and more and more, and he opens up this way for you to walk out. So you don't have to worry about those issues, those problems, because he always provides a way of escape. Endure to the end, and you will receive a crown of life. In conclusion, child of God, do not fear sufferings, trials, persecutions, or temptations. They will continue until death. So you have to, you know, there's something, you can't just say, Lord, I'm, I'm one day in this life, I'm going to be rid of all those things. No, 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 no. Once one trouble ends, a new one comes. You know, I hear see the shaking the head, it happens. But praise God, as long as the trouble's there, God's there. Amen? So that's, a, that's a what we could say praise God for. Then again, child of God, do not give up, but continue to the end. And you will receive that crown of life. So don't give up. There have been times I've said to myself, to my wife, I'm giving up. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of what's going on. You know, there was a time in my life I did give up. For nine years, I stopped preaching. I stopped teaching. I stopped reading the word of God. But God didn't forgive, did not give up on me. And I thank God for that. You know, but and he's just telling us, don't give up. Keep on pushing. That was a song one long time ago. <laughs> Keep on pushing because God is there to help you. And then, again, I like to reemphasize that, child of God, the crown of life is not salvation. But it's a, it's a badge of courage. It's a sign of faithfulness for all to see. You know, it, it, it's something to be up in heaven and you give that crown, God give you that crown, and folks can look and see that the fact that you were faithful. Like I always say about my wife, Diane, you know, she's going to have to have four or five people to hold that crown on her head after dealing with me. <laughs> All right. But the bottom line is it's a badge of courage, the fact you, you overcome, not because of who you are, because who Christ is in your life. 
And that if you're not a child of God, and there might be someone here who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. In a few moments, we're going to have a, a we could give the invitation for those to accept Christ. But if you're not a child of God, you're going through troubles without leaning on the everlasting arms. Why not just accept him as your Savior? Accept him as your Savior. Because as we've said already today, you will never, you will never, you will never, you will never walk alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.